Hey everyone, this is Dr. William Clark here. So glad that you're joining us for the Dr. William Clark podcast. This podcast is focused on helping nonprofits simplify the fundraising processes they use so they can build six-figure programs without chasing funders. I don't know about you, but I wish I knew this information before I started working in the nonprofit world years ago. But I'm here to help you build six-figure programs and I'm here to help you on your journey. So would you be so kind to not only listen to this podcast, would you also rate, would you also subscribe, would you also comment on this podcast wherever you're listening? And lastly, would you also be kind enough to share this podcast with a friend or a colleague who you believe can benefit from the content we're sharing? Now, we are here to help and support you on this journey, and I believe that we have some resources that can help you quite a bit. So go ahead, like, comment, subscribe, and share this podcast. Now, let's jump into our show. Everybody, welcome. This is Leadership Conversations. This is the show where we talk about leadership according to the world of mass. You got my uh, friend in here, Abdul Rahman Muhammad. I'm back. You might as well just be like a, a guest host. A guest, oh, okay. Like a permanent guest host. Nice. I come in every week. <laughs> I just like to talk. I don't care. I can't, man. We were just uh, rapping about a bunch of stuff. So uh, real quick, you, you got a podcast coming out. I mean, yeah, eventually. Or eventually. Yeah. And what is it going to be called? Every Everybody Hates Mondays. Okay. It's like a motivational podcast. Cool. And you were talking about it's not on any platforms right now. So you should consider uh, Anchor. I think that's the one we were going to be on. And then it distributes everywhere automatically. Exactly. There you go. Everybody Hates Mondays. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Except for me. I love Mondays and Tuesdays. I'm not sure. I'm start. Well, I don't hate Mondays. I I don't. I like every day of the week as long as I'm here. Let's get it. Well, here's the thing. I preach on Sundays twice. No, I, I, I've seen it on Facebook. Mondays is tough. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. I have no energy, man. <laughs> I spent my whole day Sunday, Sunday at a football game for my son. So that was tough. They lost by three touchdowns. Oh, that's painful. Yeah, they're not that good. <laughs> I'm not supposed to say that. Man. It's true. <laughs> oh God! But the Giants won. Yes. I'm not talking about that right now. Are you a? It's not possible. It is possible. You're a Tampa Bay fan, dude. Where, where did you pull that from? No. Oh, that's who they played. No. No. Oh, I'm about to say, no that's that's so disrespectful, I, man. I, I was trying to figure out the connection. No. <laughs> You're a Philly fan. Yes. Yeah. That's the connection. I got it. So, Hope we beat you guys. That's so weird. Right? Tampa Bay. I, that's who we beat. That's what it was such an exciting game. We won by one touch, like one point. Oh yeah, your guy. Your new yeah, guy. the new guy. The new guy. Man, popping. things are happening. <laughs> new York, stand up, baby. Let's do this. We're gonna go to the Super Bowl. Oh God, yeah, man. So, um, I, we had a topic, Abdul. Um, yeah. then you start talking, and the topic kind of just went out the window. Yeah. Um. But I think, you know, in the vein of what we've been talking about, this podcast I've been talking about all year, I started out the year challenging people, like saying, you want to launch a business. Mm -hmm. Stop talking about it. Be about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I think, you know, the days of just saying I'm finna do something, it's like gone, bro. Out of here. And so um, you were just rapping, sharing some stuff off off air. Um, I'm not going to specifically talk about what you were saying yeah, don't say my names <laughs> why'd you say that <laughs> keep telling the DL. oh god but i think the context of what you talked about needs to be said 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't even have a topic for this conversation, but I do want to. Um, I want to start here with what you're trying to launch, and I figured while you were talking, maybe this can act as some sort of consultation. Not that you need me, you know, you're your own person. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do want to have this back and forth about how you're going to get from nowhere to where you're trying to go with your uh, nonprofit, which we'll introduce in a minute. It's going to um, be easy. Okay. I have a plan. That's part of the battle. I just told you my seven programs I'm going to do. We're going to go over that? Yeah. And um, and the reason I want to go over this is not for the publicity piece. I think you know, you're going to do that on your own. Yeah. I, I think people need to see what it's like behind the scenes to go from zero to 100. And the other reason is... Um, I, you know, a couple of friends and I are relaunching a nonprofit um, that I had in Philly um, here in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. And I guess I'll use this platform to talk about it, which yeah. I have not been talking about. You should. I should. It is my podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, really, I just want you and I to go back and forth about what we're working on. And I guess it ties into your quotes on Facebook Uh-oh. the week this is recorded. So. Yeah. Um, let's start here. What's the name of your, your nonprofit that is coming out or it is out? Yeah. My nonprofit is called my people community services. That's it. <laughs> you want me to continue? You normally have more stuff to say. No, I mean, you asked me, I, that was a direct question. So I gave you a direct answer. That's it. That's all. Okay. okay Abdul, what's the mission of your nonprofit? We haven't gotten there yet. You don't have one. No, I'm still so uh, so so. I'm glad I am, you're being honest about that. Yeah, I'm, no, literally yesterday. So so let me just give you a little context, right? So so that people aren't thinking I'm crazy. So I had a nonprofit called Dreams and Power. Dreams and Power. Um, we did a lot of our uh, inspirational workshops. We did ice cream for a dream. All of those type of things were under that nonprofit. So. Our focus was not what we do with My People Clinical Services. So um, earlier this year, there was an RFP that came out for fatherhood services. And if you guys have been listening to the podcast, My People has done fatherhood services for basically about 15 years. And because we're a for-profit organization, we were unable to apply for the RFP and I didn't want to do the RFP under Dreams and Power because it had no historical background to fit to be able to go for the RFP. So after we were unable to go for the RFP, and of course we didn't get the RFP, I I was like saying, like, I can't – for things that I feel like we should be doing, for programs that we should be doing and we should be getting an RFP – and um, for anybody who's listening and doesn't know what RFP is, request for proposal, right? And it's where you get the grant money to be able to do an RFP or do the program. So I felt like we missed something that we would have probably gotten because we were already doing the work. We were already a part of the system to do the work. So what I said is I'm going to take my nonprofit, Dreams and Power, and I'm going to change the name to My People Community Services. Mm-hmm. Now, the reason why is because I felt like we wanted to connect it to our already existing business, My People Clinical Services, because we're going to still be working with the same population that we work with now. But what it will do, it will give us the opportunity to actually go for those RFPs <coughs> and not miss 
opportunities to be able to grow and expand our business. So the reason I don't have a mission is because we were waiting to get the the name change. So um, we finally got that. And now what I have to do, it's a, it's a very interesting thing, actually, because so the way we see it is that you have My People Clinical and you have My People Community. But it's really going to be operated almost like one entity because it's all under the same brand. Mm-hmm. And so what what we have to do, is, but, but I do believe that My People Community Services is going to need its own mission. It will be, it will tie into the My People Clinical Mission. Um, and then, of course, we're going to have unique and different programs that we would offer that we wouldn't offer for My People Clinical Services because My People Clinical Services are typically services that are like, you know, individual and family therapy, fatherhood engagement, um, um, what else? supportive housing for young adults. These are like very specific. With My People Community Services, we believe that we could actually do some of that community work that we would like to do and be involved in that it wouldn't necessarily fit per se for my people clinical. So that's where we're going. I think it was, it's important to, to note that you don't have a, um, a mission statement because I think, um, it, sometimes it just comes to you. Oh, that's what's going to happen after a while. Right. Right. And I think, you know, when you, when people go through their process of launching a business, um, they feel like they got to have all that down. And I'm not sure that you do because you can spend so much time saying, yo, the mission is going to be this or this is what I want it to be. But the reality is, as you go along, you end up tightening it up and changing it. I think you do need to know what service you're going to provide and what you do and who you serve. Mm-hmm. That needs to be clear. But the actual mission, I think it's an evolutionary thing that just comes up based upon the work you're doing and the work you that's being thrown your way. Right. But this is like a pre-launch, right? Mm-hmm. We're, we're So we have the name. Mm-hmm. We have the logo. We have um, an idea of the services that we want to offer. But when we are ready to fully roll it out, we will, we will have our mission. We right. will have – when we actually start trying to go um, – Go full steam. We'll have all the things we need that are that when somebody goes back and says, "Well, let me look up my people community services," they'll see a website and it will and things will exist on the website. And the nice thing is that some of the services are that we that we're going to do already exist. It's not so ice cream for a dream will be under my people community services. Mm-hmm. My ice cream for a dream is a seven year brand that we've been doing already. So it's not like I have to make something up. It's already boom. It's there. Um, the Young King Project. It's not that big of a deal. It's a you know, it's a project where we take pictures of young boys and girls and we make them look like kings and queens. So it's not that hard to do. We can just put the pictures up from the past Young King projects. It's the bigger things that when we try to go for an RFP with DCF, we need to have all our ducks in a row and all that stuff. So this is a process. So we're like one month in, and so. I, I would say, look at, like, check in with us next year. And by this time next year, maybe we can say, well, this is what we actually have going. And the other piece is that this is, it's important that we named it My People Community Services because what it does is it balances off or basically can take basically the entire history of My People Clinical Services immediately goes into My People Community Services because everybody knows, oh, that's the same people. It's nothing. So, even though it's going to be, it's, it's like, you know, one month old, it 
gets 14 years. It's like one month and 14 years. Yep. So that's how we want people to perceive it. Even like like when people call my office now, rather than people saying, um, the reception saying, hello, uh, thank you for calling my people clinical services. She's going to say, thank you for calling my people. And so right yep. there, it's like, this is, and this is like marketing and whatever, one-on-one. Like this is like what the big boys do every day, all day. And so this is where we're moving. Yeah, man. I, you know, I think um, that makes a ton of sense. I think branding makes sense. I think you also address something else that concerns me uh, with people who are launching something and don't they don't know how to talk about what's been done. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, you know, understanding your history is the history of the organization. Right. right. So people are launching startups, <clears throat> nonprofit, for profit, whatever. And. They don't know how to tell their story because they feel like the story began the moment they got their EIN number last week from the IRS. Right. Like, no, that, that's not when the story began. Mm-hmm. The story began way before you formulated a company. Right. It began when you started doing that thing. And for my people, community services, it began over 15 years ago. And it continues to grow and evolve. And now the new evolution or what's a part of evolution is community services. Right. right. Um and I think that's an important lesson for all people to kind of pick up on uh, mm-hmm. as it relates to uh, telling their story and understanding how to convince a funder that you're fundable, that right. you're not new, new. Mm-hmm. The entity's new, but we've been around for a minute, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, I think that that's, that's our ultimate goal is like when we put in the work, like, so when we put all the history, it's going to talk about my people. Right. And so for funders, they're not, I mean, this is a... So a lot of times when people start talking about nonprofits, we get into this uh, talk about it. It's a business model. It's a business model. Mm -hmm. And so it's very important that people understand that my people, the organization, my people, clinical services said we wanted to we want to expand our business. There there are tons of grants and things that come out every year that we can't go for as a for profit. So in order for us to do that, we created a nonprofit arm. That nonprofit arm has to, it, it goes back to the, the, the trunk. It's so, so right now, today, My People Clinical is the dominant part of it. But 10 years from now, My People Community might be more dominant because we got more grants, more funding, and all that. So it's just a matter of, we'll see how it works out. Yeah, I want to talk about that too. Um, so on my end, <clears throat> um, the organization that I'm talking about uh, is the Family Leadership and Empowerment Institute. Mm-hmm. This uh, nonprofit was launched some years ago um, by my wife and I when we were back in Philly. And the the genesis of that story um, is twofold. One, I, you know, when I was in the ministry early on, I really wasn't a part of the movement that had a ministry named after my name. I just wasn't feeling that. Right. Like William Clark Ministries. I just, I still can't get with that idea. I mm-hmm. struggle with naming new entities after myself. Right. Um, so, you know, much less saying that, man, this ministry effort, it's going to be called that. It's just a struggle. So we wanted to put into perspective what we cared about. Um, and so we launched this thing called Family Leadership and Empowerment Institute. And it dealt with, Homeless families, which was a huge part of my ministry when I was in Philly, mm-hmm. huge, huge part. Um, and then it was a part of my community service work. 
That's what we did. Mm-hmm. Um, we we served people who were homeless and were living in shelters. We didn't deal with street homelessness. Now, for people who are local to Hartford, uh, when we moved here, you know, there wasn't much of a street homeless presence that we saw. Right. And we were surprised because, you know, coming from Philly and in a large city like that, you just see homelessness is very visible. Mm-hmm. Um and then the shelter system around the state is so different in Connecticut. Like there's a coordinated effort that we just did not see in Philadelphia. So, you know, that was great. Mm-hmm. But then it also meant the work we cared about, uh, there wasn't a platform for us to serve. Right. So in essence, that ministry, whatever that thing is or was, it just died mm-hmm. the moment we moved here. <clears throat> So, um, you know, this year we've just been thinking about like, well, how can we repurpose it? Because we have this 501c3 status. And, right. You don't you know, want to lose that. Don't want to lose it. It's valuable. It's precious. And so we've been kind of, you know, retooling it. And, you know, uh, given my current responsibilities, I moved to a, a board chair position mm-hmm. and I'm chairing uh, the nonprofit. And we have a new mission. And before I say it, I'm going to just affirm you. Um this summer, when we were going through the process, I called a few people mm-hmm. to share what was going on, and I sounded crazy to them. And they they won't they won't tell me that to my face. I know I sounded crazy, um, but I but I sounded crazy because I didn't have anything substantive to say about what we're doing. I couldn't put it into words. Right, and I knew I sounded crazy. One person did say to me. Um, I don't know how to receive you right now because mm. you typically have this confident presentation. Mm-hmm. And I knew that there was this vulnerability and trepidation with talking about something that just wasn't there. Right. There was just nothing. The mission was nothing. The direction was nothing. And I just knew I sounded crazy from that standpoint. Right. Um, and so we eventually got it together, man. And so the mission of, of our work is to uh, help multi-barriered families become self-sufficient. In four core domains, in mm-hmm. education, in parenting, health and wellness, and economic security. I love it. I do, too. Yeah. And I remember the day we came up with it, you know, it just felt right. Mm-hmm. It, but it also is broad it is. To, to an extent because when you talk about multi-barrier, I think people in our business, you understand multi-barrier. You mm-hmm. serve multi-barrier people. I think that's an inherent knowledge. But when you talk about self-sufficiency, like, the heck is that? Right. You know, and so that's why we added the four core domains. Mm-hmm. And we didn't want to uh, talk about the work you do because I'm not a therapist. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not a social worker. I'm not going to go there, although there are elements to what we do that touches upon that, which is, leads to what we were talking about before we came on air. Right. Um, but staying in our lane, you know, around mm-hmm. economic security and parenting, which may include some um, – therapy but that does represent the the uh the reunification work we do want to do mm-hmm. uh health and wellness uh, which has a number of uh implications and um you know it's just it's 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 interesting going through this journey bro oh, uh yeah. watching my baby kind of evolve into something and i'm not the ed mm-hmm. i'm not the one with my hands on it and letting go this year right was, was interesting well it's it's, it's a it doesn't always have to be your idea, right? Sometimes that's hard, and I'm. Uh, but sometimes it's good to be able to allow for somebody else to take the lead. You know, they, you know, with wolves, wolves lead the pack from the back, 
And so, so sometimes you put all the other people in a position to be able to do what they have to do. Um, and I mean, I'll be honest with you. That's my hope is that we can get the programs because ultimately, you know, having the ideas is different from doing the work. And I think that every day, that's one of the areas that um, we always struggle with because I, I said this the other day. I said, yo, I did my job. I got us the program. That's my job. We get, get programs. That's what I did. And then when we hire somebody, it's their job to run the program. It's not If I got to come in and run the program, that sucks. That's not, that's not what I'm looking forward to doing. Yep. So I need somebody that you know has the desire to, to be in leadership, to run something. And basically, the, the other beautiful thing about, you know, I, I just said, you know, I want to, I, I like to create ideas, but it's like, just like you just said, even when you create something, it's not done. It's like, I, you know, when you come up with something, it still needs like that polishing, that finishing touches put on it. And yeah. so we need people that um, come to the table that can be able to do those last those last pieces and recognize even when you think you're done, there's always like another level to what we're going to continue to be able to uh, do. And so I think that that's one of the difficulties that um, that we experience because people are like on some like terminal stuff. Like they'll be like, yo, this is the end. I finally got here. And they don't realize it's like the goal is to keep these businesses around for like a hundred years. Yeah. So man. you can't, if you say I'm at the end in year two, then you're in bad shape because that means you can't grow. We got to constantly be in a growth mindset mm. and and be able to kind of like move with the times, be aware of like what changes are happening. Right. Like even us with the getting a nonprofit, that's that's a certain level of awareness to say, you know, there's a big difference when doing a program fee for service and doing a pro- program with a grant, you know, and, and both of them have their pros and cons, but I'd rather have the money in my hand, you know? You know, so so that was a big factor in me saying, like, dang, man, they're going to get the money up front and then they're going to have to do the work. We got to go out here and do the work and then <clears throat> hope to get the money. It's big, two totally different things, man. And so I just feel like for us, that was a major thing. You know, you don't always want to be the guy. And that's, all, that's the other thing, because perception is reality. So you are always the small agency if you're always doing things fee for service. In in this structure that we're in, the people that that are seen as big are big because they they've mastered the art of writing a, a grant, of right. getting money, of getting people to donate to them, of people believing in them. And so if you're just going hand to mouth, hand to mouth every day, you're never going to break through um this you know the glass ceiling. If you don't find new ways to be able to kind of compete, and 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 I, I want to be real with this, even though as we talk about nonprofit stuff, it's still competition. It's, so you got Facts. to be able to compete, and so like the way I look at it is like, am I gonna start this nonprofit, and in a year I'm gonna be as big as the Village for Families of Children? No, it's not gonna happen. But the way I look at it is like every time me and the village go for an RFP, if I get one RFP, that's one RFP they didn't get. And so that means that we're, because like today we've gotten zero RFPs. We got zero. And so 
the minute I go into that system and I get one, now I've disrupted the system because a certain group of agencies always get the RFPs. So if I get one, if I get two, if I get five, that's five that normally would have gone to the big boys. And now another organization is a part of the conversation. Even if it's on a small part of the conversation, we can start changing the narrative of the conversation. So it's important to me. I want to hit on some things you talked about. Um, team. Yeah. It, when you said that, it hit me. Mm-hmm. Even though this year um, we've tightened the mission and found uh, executive director to lead. Right. It just dawned on me last year I was trying to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I was tr- I was going to have a conversation with someone and we had, you know, time scheduled and then they got a job elsewhere. Mm. And it just got put on hold. And I'm like, okay, you know, just – and then – not even thinking about it, I went through the journey again and stumbled upon someone who just was available to take take the charge. Right. I share that because two years of this journey has has it's been going on, mm-hmm. and it doesn't happen overnight. Oh, I love what you were talking about. Um, that this is a hundred year journey. One of my mentors, Gary V. He is a proponent of, I don't want to say working till you die, because that's not what he says. Right. But what he talks about is just because you turn 40 doesn't mean you should have had your stuff together and you should be a millionaire. You might not be a millionaire till you're 80. And it's about, about it's about the journey, right? Yeah. It doesn't it, – it, it's about the journey to get to wherever, and it may take a minute. Right. And what he talks about is your life – your whole lifespan mm-hmm. is the opportunity to accomplish that, right. whatever that is. And when you accomplish that, there's another that to accomplish. And instead of looking at things in a, as a sprint, you should look at things as a marathon. Of course. Which so, is so healthy. It's easier, right, if you're a millionaire. So mm-hmm. if, you've made, if you become successful when you're young, it's easier. It's a, you're able to say, like, yo, I'm successful. I, I made a lot of money. But the reality is, like, this morning I got up and I said – if I were to be rich today, well, what would I do? Like it's you so so it's I'm if I if I was 60 right now, if I was 65, if I was 70, but I felt good, I would be wanting to go somewhere and go do something. I would want to go lead something. I would want to go talk to somebody about something. So to me, I'm not I'm not playing like some people are like working every day and they're like, another day closer to retirement. Yeah. I'm not thinking about retirement because and, – and I can only speak for where I am right now because I'm talking to you in the here and now. Mm-hmm. A year from now, I might be like, I got to get out of here. But today, my goal is to, to help my people succeed for the rest of my life, to be a community guy for the rest of my life, to be out here trying to uh, be involved in what's going on in our community That's for the rest of my life. That's how I see it. And But, but see, and to your point, I'm with you about not looking at retirement easy to say when you're under 40. Yeah. Um, and I respect that. But what, but I also <clears throat> understand that leaders need something new to chase after to keep their energy up. Right. So that doesn't, so what I'm saying is, is that, is there a possibility that there's a day when I'm not the executive director of my people? Yeah, that's, that's possible. But I'm not going to go, I'm not going to be laying in the bed all day. I'm mm. not going to be just chilling. I feel like there's going to be something else that, because that's, that's the part that I wanted to make sure that was clear is that 
there is a strong possibility that something else catches my eye and I say, well, I want to spend the rest of my day doing this. this building it from scratch. Yeah. This nonprofit, as an example, you're building it from scratch. It's not like you have, you say you have no RFPs, you have no grants, you no, have absolutely nothing. nothing. It's it's like, it's a new startup. It's a new startup, but I, but I will have all of that. I already know that. So mm-hmm. that's, so part of it is like the mindset, right? <laughs> is to be able to say, well, I am going to go I'm going to get that foster care grant. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get that because it, we're already doing the training. Now I just got to go ahead and get the coup de grace on that. Um, I'm going to create this community service this pro- program I want to do. And so I just think that it's just a matter of um, mapping it out. Like, how am I going to get from where I am now at zero? And and the thing is, is that I've done this before. So it's not this is not um, new for me. I, I I know that it requires a lot of kissing uh, shaking hands and kissing babies. It, it, it requires a lot of being in the right place at the right time. Yeah, it, requ- it requires a lot of uh, staying up late and getting up early. And so, I'm I'm still built for that. I'm I'm looking forward to it because it's. I wish I was one of those people. Oftentimes, I think about this. I wish I was one of those people that could walk into something that was already built, right, and just lead that. Yeah. <laughs> but my life is one where I would prefer to be flexible mm-hmm. and create my own rules. I don't want to. I don't want to operate with no one else's rules. I'm gonna create with my. I'm gonna create my rules, and I'm gonna hold myself accountable to those rules. Yep. And so that's what I want to do. I think that's interesting. And then just to put a button on team, mm-hmm. um, for people who are launching something, yes, you cannot do this by yourself. I wouldn't want to do it by myself. You physically can't, Abdul. Well, you listen. <clears throat> there's a limit on what you know, and there's a limit on how much time you have, bro. So every person that you add to your team adds time. Facts, right? So if you have no team and you're trying to do it all, so you're the marketing department, Mm-mm. you're the billing department, Mm-mm. you're the you're the, the visionary and leader. You're the uh, the person that does the service. This is where a lot of people mess up because their 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 math is about okay. This is how much I'm charging, and they're 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 paying themselves that whole thing. But there's only 24 hours in a day. You ain't really getting that full, right? <laughs> but the thing is, is that every time you're able to get somebody else to do work, you add. So basically, one person can do. Let's say let's say you have one staff, and it's you. You can work, let's say 12 hours in a day. 15 mm-hmm. hours in a day, mm-hmm. right? I would rather have five staff and have each one of them work five hours, eight eight hours a day, right? Because that's 40 hours. So you get, you do your 15, you're working hard. I got my five staff and they're working eight hours each. That's 40 hours of work that they're putting in. And I'm only paying them based off of the eight hours, but I get a piece of is his eight, his eight, his eight. I would rather do that. Man, it, this is speaking of your um, logo. Yeah, it's the logo, like and, it. and and this is, and this is the other one. This is the other entity. Okay, um, that we've been talking about, right? Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I, I share that um, with you, and I say that on on the podcast um, because I, like you said, man, if if I spent time trying to design that or come up with that concept, the person who did you that design it. I ain't designed that. You're a designer? No. Who has time to do that? Not me. But the person who designed that, yes, my designers? Of course. I have a graphic designer. I do too. 
and, and the thing about it, it, that thing I showed you, those two things, this person did it in less than a day, sent it back. Right. Paid my, my fee. <laughs> no, but that's, it, it, you got to pay for stuff. Bro, but see, <clears throat> if I had to do that, that would have mm-hmm. taken me what? I, I don't know. If, it, if I would have had to do my logo, it wouldn't be done. It, it wouldn't be done. And, and here's the thing. Uh, this, is this I think, should be a good example of why you need a team. I looked at it when he when he sent it in, and I said, okay, I'm going to sit with it for a minute. And I stuck out giving feedback now. Think about it. I had shared it with a couple people, and I said, what do you think about it, right? Right. And then I emailed him back, and I said, bro, um, I have no feedback right now, but tell me the inspiration behind the, what you what you did. Mm-hmm. He sends me the same image chart back with bullets for every little nook and cranny that's on the paper. Right. And from, it through. I'm not gonna think like that. Right. That's not my skill set. Right. You're so, not an artist. No. Yeah. In my head, I am, but no. in reality, I'm not. I'm not. And so, like you said, man, you know, the team just adds time to you. So, it adds. But let's go back. So as a startup, when you're saying team, this person not doesn't work for you 40 Full hours a t- week. No. He just does flyers for you Feet when you for need service. it. Right. And so, but you develop that relationship because there may be a time when he's able to work with you full time. But it's, so, so people need to understand. Or a retainer. Or a retainer. But they need to understand, like, there's phases of this. So you're, you're, when you start now, you're doing everything lean, right? It's like, oh, I'm going to do this as lean as possible. Bootstrapping, bro. Right. And so the goal is to be able to get it where you can be on being being lean. Yeah. So. Facts. And I do also want to go back to what you said. You want to you're trying to go from fee for service to large contracts. Mm-hmm. It, and for people who don't know what that I'll take means, some small ones too. Fair enough. I'll take the small contracts. I'll take some medium ones. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give the perfect example to this. Yeah. So everybody in the mom started a t shirt company before. Yeah. I got one right now. <laughs> and you can be, you know, most people sell one by one, mm-hmm. which is it's okay. Hard. It's hard, it's hard yeah. right? It sucks. The goal, the, what Abdul is trying to do is go from selling individual t-shirts yep. to selling bulk orders only. Right. All the time. No more singles, right? And so your bulk and orders- And I get can, paid up front. <laughs> I want to get paid up front. Yeah, so. so for your bulk orders, mm-hmm. the minimum order is 100. Right. Give me 100. Right off the door. And then the next level is 250. Yeah. And then the next level is- 500. 500,000, right? Yeah. If you listening understand the concept, that's what he's saying when he wants to go from FIFA service to the RFP or contract base. Because now the person buying the services gets a discount, right? Mm -hmm. Fair enough, because you kind of consolidated- Resources, mm-hmm. uh, but for Abdul, you know, depending on the agreement, you may get paid up front. You get your lump sum during yeah, scheduled a times. times a year, yeah. You know and when it's, it's budgeted. Coming. It's like we know what's gonna. You I'm, know, oh, this yeah. is what I'm gonna do with it. I submitted them a budget. This is my plan. Yeah, and so I'm gonna stick to that budget. I'm gonna stick to that plan. <laughs> and so I think that, you know, for for us, you want to be able to leverage things too. Yeah. So my other business doesn't go away. What it, what it does is that it just allows for me, like a lot of nonprofits try to get a for-profit arm. I have a for-profit arm, and I just think that by having a nonprofit arm, it expands what it expands what we're going to be able to do. It allows for us to be able to have more leverage as an organization, and I think that it allows for us to get to our the place we. So if I'm remember, I'm always talking about a hundred years from now, a hundred years from now. I think that by having a nonprofit, 
it's easier to kind of like pass things on through a nonprofit. Because when I step down, the next executive director comes in, everything is set. They're going to add their their spin on it. They're going to add something to it, make it a little bit better. Then they're going to say, okay, I'm done. Next executive director is going to come on. The legacy lives on. Yeah. So what you're talking, that's a whole other conversation. I, I'm not, I'm aware of what you're talking about. Right. I'm not fully educated. Yeah. But I, I know exactly what you're saying. That's my vision. My vision is to get to where <clears throat> what what I'm creating now lives on beyond, beyond me. me. That's yeah. all I'm trying to do. It, there's, yeah, that, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. It's an important conversation. Should, yeah. Um, but I do want to address something else you talked about. What was that? Getting out of lanes where you where you don't function well. Well, no, where you shouldn't be. It's or not where even you shouldn't be. function. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's, right, right? Yeah. Is it, to me... I don't want to be, I don't want to do, like some people try to be a jack of all trades. <laughs> I'm a jack of all trades. Yo, I don't want to be a jack of all trades because, you know, the, the second part of that is master of none. Mm-hmm. I want to be the master of specific things. So I do fatherhood work right now. I, I do it. <clears throat> I, I feel like I'm the master of fatherhood. I actually was on in court a few weeks ago and I said that in court. And then the lawyer was like, oh, since you're like the the, the master father. And I was like, oh, this, that didn't turn good. But <laughs> my point is that you don't have to do everything. No. Don't, and don't let money be the reason why you try to do, like, do something. So, oh, I'm going to go do this thing because it pays a lot of money. And nonprofits are guilty of scope creeping because of, mm-hmm. oh, this grant ran out, so I'm going to go do this. You fatherhood, but now you're doing, like... Rainbows and and, nope. and unicorns. I'm not doing it, like bro. What, what, what are I, you doing? I can understand why they do that too. I know, but yeah. I think that that's one of the things that I want to I want to stay away from. And it's hard up front when you're trying to get off the ground. You want that money? You need the you money. You need the money to yeah. pay bills. I don't want to do that. I feel you. I want to be able to. So so I feel like in some ways you have to work harder, right? So you yeah. have to 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 stay true to yourself. To to not chase the money and this is easy to say from where i'm sitting right now but what i'm saying to you is is that i don't want to put myself or my organization into a lane into work that we're not going to be able to do the best at that we're not that, that we don't feel passionate about that we aren't um trying to learn everything about i want to be in the lanes where we are excelling where we are happy where we are doing the best work that we can do. This is very important to me. And I think that applies to people starting with no entity. What you're talking about is transferring competency. Yeah. And, and and for people who say, well, I don't have what Abdul has, this is why when we talked about your history is the story or history of the organization. It's a transfer of competency. Right. For me, the reason why I cared so much about the homeless um, is partly tied to my real estate background. Mm-hmm. It's partly tied to what happened to me in the, the, the recession, 2007, 8, 9. You have a story. I got a story that almost landed me in the shelter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And while I didn't go to the shelter as a man, right. I knew inherently what those men were dealing with because I felt it here. Right. And that was my ministry. That was my story. It came from a very personal place. Mm-hmm. I was fortunate to restart my real estate company, and it did well. 
And at some point before we left Philly, we rented units to homeless individuals mm-hmm. in partnership with the, another organization, right. which continued the journey. Mm-hmm. Right. And as we're looking at FLY, Family Leadership Empowerment Institute, and what we do helping families with multiple barriers, one of the programs that we're targeting or doing is a program called uh, Stephanie's House. Mm-hmm. It's named after a person that's a member of my church. Mm-hmm. And it's intended <clears throat> to be uh, a three quarter house or a sober house or a house where people can come and continue their recovery from where- whatever, wherever. All right. Still part of the journey, man. Still part of the story. It's still part of what I've been doing all of my life, man. And it's not abnormal for me to be talking about this, right? Right. Um, even though I'm not a therapist, I'm a leadership guy, and there's a lot of psychology mm-hmm. in leadership studies, of course. And for me, hence family leadership, teaching families to find ways to restore the leadership within the family unit that's been lost. Mm. So even when it comes to family reunification, while I'm not utilizing some of the traditional methods or um, strategies, it, when you look at the the removal of male leadership or male headship. I was wondering if you're going to get to that. I, I, that's interesting. Go ahead. You, you look at the removal of male headship mm-hmm. by force or by choice. Mm-hmm. You look at the removal of uh, female leadership, mm-hmm. whether the mom is, is abusing a substance or is no longer in life with a child. And mm-hmm. now you had to skip over a generation to provide grandparent leadership, which is so generationally out of touch. Right. It's hard. Mm-hmm. And so when you look at reunification, in a family that desires to come back together, what we're proposing mm-hmm. is how do we help the family become solid self-leaders, starting with the, quote, leadership of the family, mm-hmm. the mom and the dad or the responsible person, looking at yourself and saying that I need to get my mind right yeah, and then get my body right and then find restoration and joy in the process because it's going to be a process. Mm -hmm. And then as I, as the leader of the household, do that, go through that journey, Mm -hmm. I can now pass that experience down to someone who's not the leader of the family, which is the child, Mm -hmm. right? And it's no different from, you know, you and your kids, you and your wife and your kids, me and my wife and my kids, they pick up the culture of the family from us. Right. Whatever that culture is. Yeah. Whatever we set the tone for. They, they respond to that. You mm-hmm. said off air, or maybe on air, you were uh, at a football game with your kid. Yeah. If you were absentee dad, you know what message you're sending? I know. You, I you know what type of leadership message you're sending? If you're an absentee CEO, you know what you're saying? Right. Right. And so that's the lane, lane uh, that's the angle I'm coming from when it comes so, to that. So, so what you just did just then, I thought was very interesting because you just took social work and put it in a leadership like conversation basically so every like oh, the same Pun not attended but thank you know you, but but yeah no but it's, <laughs> it was it's important because the same things i might have said for in a social work way you said it you just using leadership and i think that i i from our previous conversation i can see now where the disconnect yes okay i can see their disconnect because they want to hear it in a social work in ter- social work terminology because that's yeah. the framework they're coming from. Gotcha. But to me, what you just said was very clear, um, and it makes sense. It's just different language. It's just business mm-hmm. language. It's just leadership language. So, mm-hmm. so instead of saying like in in social work tones terms, um, we might just say you know, well, it's important to have 
uh, balance. You have a father and a mother in the house. They're, they're going to be the um, people that set the tone, that, that set the parenting styles, um, that, that lead the children, right? And the children are going to follow the rules and um, they're going to have consequences for negative behaviors within. So basically everything you just said was the same thing, but using leadership. Organi- yeah, organizational language. Hence your advice of, I got it. Yep. I'm yep. to follow up on that. Yeah. yeah. You got to change the language. Because of the system that you're trying to get to, they uh, don't want to hear what you're talking about. They want to hear some of our language. And I so I, I, just then when you explained, I was like, oh, this dude is talking. It's the same stuff. And it, and and I believe that it's a, I thought it was an interesting or uh, a unique way of providing parenting skills and uh, thinking about uh, parenting and being a, uh, a father or a mother, you know, from leadership as opposed to just saying, I'm the head of household, you know what I'm saying? So, so we got to talk offline about that because yeah, yeah, I, I need more um, insight. But let me give you backstory of that. Mm-hmm. So, remember the nonprofit homelessness, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, 2011, I started my doctoral journey, really, probably 2010. And what ended up happening, I applied to a, a, a program. Mm-hmm. At a university uh, uh, in Philadelphia or right outside Philadelphia, that had a doctoral program in family studies or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, and my thinking was, how do I? I can't study homelessness as like a doctor. Like kind of, it's not a thing. Right. But I, I, I wanted to study what we're talking about, and mm-hmm. I don't think my terminology was as refined. But I felt like this program would just allow me to study the human um, condition, human behavior. Without going down a therapy lane. Mm-hmm. Prior, and what also influenced me to think that I was uh, in seminary for a brief moment taking uh, counseling courses. Fell in love with it, but I didn't want to be a counselor. Right. Like, my wife is a therapist, and I'm like, yeah, she mm-hmm. got that. She got right. the patience for that. Right. That program, that doctor program, I got rejected twice. Hmm. Twice. And once, the second time I got rejected was uh, on New Year's Eve. Mm. I was getting ready to go preach in the pulpit. My mm. dad gave me the letter. I'm all excited. Finally got in. Right. And probably for the reasons you just said, what you said, they was like, no, you probably need to go to like a social work program right. or a therapy program. I'm like, I don't want that. Right. So uh, I applied to the program I did get into, but I kept my focus. And mm. when, I re- when I looked at uh, my entrance essay, I wrote about the same thing. Mm-hmm. About restoring leadership within the family unit in America, right? And how, and I want to study how to convert leadership knowledge to family units. That's now, unique. It's it's interesting, right? And I ended up not writing or researching that. I actually ended up researching about, um, or researching how nonprofits can sustain themselves, similar mm-hmm. to what we're talking about with the evolution of your organization, right? Um, and I still am deeply in, in engaged in that. Um, but I've found myself over the years utilizing leadership language in so many contexts, man. Mm-hmm. And it's it is it's the driving force. I think to the point that you're talking about. Whether I need to change my language or not, that's something I need to talk to you about. Or or get people to buy into your language, which it's which, a different thought process. Yes, yes, you know? yes. It, but it takes work, yeah, right? And yeah. it's not like I'm going to convince people tomorrow because that's not going to happen. No, but I think that it's mm-hmm. like uh, so. So I'm working on. Um, did I tell you about my manhood tree? You did. Okay, so I'm you working did. on my manhood tree and the egg and. Yeah, okay. Every time I listen to the egg, I yeah, yeah. crack up. All right. Yeah, that's funny. See that? <laughs> it, it the is egg crack up. The brown yeah, egg. Yeah. The round egg. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the point I'm making is that, so I have to 
as as I get closer to um, where I'm going with this, I got to put it out into the world. Right. What my hope is that the world receives it and they're like, oh, this is dope, right? And now it's a new, not, not, I don't think anything's new, but it's a, it's a way of looking at something differently. Right. Same thing with you. I feel like you got three other books over there. You might need to write a book about like parenting from a leader, leadership lens, using that language because it's almost like you got to legitimize what you're saying. Even though like I got it immediately, but I don't know how it comes across in a resume, in a in a in a conversation with or social workers yeah. or an application. And yeah. so that that's one thing that you might want to look at. Ew. I am going to show you something that um, slightly addresses what you're talking about. <clears throat> Your book? Hmm? The one that came out a couple weeks ago. You already wrote it. <laughs> I mean, look, man, I, but I, I value like how you're responding to it because you're giving me perspective about it that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is this is it. It's the beginning. And, and we, if if people download the book, what is it called? Again? Family Leadership and Empowerment. Oh, yeah. The model for family coaching and family unification. Right. It's really an outline. Right. It was intentionally written as an outline, outlining the merging between self-leadership and family coaching and reunification. Mm -hmm. And the goal is, as often as I want to, produce a new model or produce a new version of this book with mm -hmm. updated tips, tricks, But even the idea language. of coaching. like so, so instead of saying therapy, you're saying coaching. <laughs> instead of our case manager, you're saying coaching, right? Jeez. And so it's the, it's, I think that in your book, you might need to start... It's almost have a, a a term guide. What is that called? Like a, a, a so you can say well, yeah. I'm, if you, if you take out coaching and you put in case management, this language speaks closer to therapeutic. If you take out uh, leadership and put in parenting skills, or or uh, head of household, or you know whatever language that fits more for social services, it might be looked at in a different way. That's interesting. I'm sure that's what you were doing. That's what I picked. It's a it's a unique model. You might need to send them the book because they have to they have to change. I mean, it's now you're talking about a huge system you want to change, but <laughs> I do believe I do believe that there's something to say about the way that you're going at it. And so, like, it, it, so, so let let me play a game with you right now. So it's like saying that as um, as a family, and I'm the father, I'm the CEO of the family. And our mom could be the CEO, and I'm the COO. She, whatever, we, we take these positions. But these are, these are the top leadership roles in the family. Um, then the children, the oldest child, she is the um, director of operations, right? And she's responsible for making sure that everybody does their chores because we need to make sure that the living room, the bedrooms, and the kitchen are all clean. Just so, like an older sister does. Right. <laughs> they all do. That. But but she <laughs> she she's responsible for checking off and making sure they're doing that. Yeah. And so basically it's just like and the, the, the oldest son is the director of security. Okay. 
And so these are these are yeah. these are leadership roles. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also it's just taking the framework and putting it into a family. I, I don't think that that's crazy. I don't think it's crazy either. I mean, I don't know if you can run a family like a business, but you could definitely there 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 is definitely some accountability, yep. responsibility, um, um, uh, planning. You know, like what's your, what's your five year plan with the family? You know what I'm saying? And so all these things, it's not like it's totally it's not like it's totally crazy. Right, it's not like you're so far off, and it doesn't apply. I think it could apply, and 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 does apply. And, and I think so. That's an option, and I think the other option too is creating a new lane. We off air, we were talking about the blue ocean, yes, and the and the reason for going. You said go where you're celebrated. Go where you celebrated, and yeah. create that lane where you're celebrated, and knowing that if you do that, it's a slow grind. Mm-hmm. But you'll probably be more happy. I don't know if it's a slow grind. Okay. So, so you talk about you said the blue ocean versus the red ocean, mm-hmm. right? which is a book. Blue ocean. You should read it. Right. Yep. So, so in the red ocean, even though there was a there was a feeding frenzy, it's getting less and less. It's like there's not as much there anymore. So that's why you don't go there. And it becomes cannibalistic, right? So somebody else has to die, yeah. right? When the blue ocean, it's like. If you get there early enough and you position yourself the right way, you could have your own freedom feeding frenzy. The whole thing is not bad to be in the red ocean. It's just you want to be there first and you want to be positioned to be able to get the most out of it. So mm. those that come to the table first usually eat the most. But just true. So the red ocean is not bad, but you got to deal with, like you said, you might not have enough to eat. And you gotta survive the competition. Timing. You gotta get so so now look, this is this is good because any 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 place you go, there there are there is a traditional There's a system. System yep. in place. Yep. Traditional. Been there. Hundred years, two hundred years. They're a part of the they they they're they're gonna they're gonna eat regardless. So as a person, we go going back to our startup. As a startup, I'm always looking for the gap, the 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 where there's an opening, where there's an opportunity. Where can I get in and be a part of, um, be a part of what is gonna what is gonna happen in the future, right? And so, can I create the future? Can I get to the service, the idea that? It's it's next. It's the it's the next iteration of what's gonna happen. So think about this. With fatherhood work, I've been doing my people 14 years, started with fatherhood, almost 15 years. Right now is when DCF is very interested in, in it. This is 15 years later. Like they so before it was like, yo, here, okay, well, here's it. Okay, we'll do a little father. But now we're like at the at the Dads Matter Two event last week, the entire administrative team of DCF was there, except for the commissioner, and she she was out of town. So you, when you're paying attention to something, you're able to say like, wait a second. Last year, none of them were here. None of the, nobody from the administrative team came. Now it's a different administration, but this administration is all on father. The fact that they put an RFP out for fatherhood tells you something. The fact that there's a breakthrough series where we're going to be traveling to different parts of the country talking about father tells you something. And so 
all of a sudden, it's like the the frenzy is about to start now. So you created your own. I didn't create. I I went with something I was interested in, mm. and I've been grinding away with it for fourteen years, and now the table like oh now people are interested in it, and so even though the RFP went out, keep in mind I still have, I have more referrals than the person that got the RFP. I just have to work for all of my my stuff. They're gonna get theirs. Theirs are gonna be given to them because right. they're a part of the contract. Mine's I'm working for. I don't mind that. I just would like to have been the one that was gonna be. It's, I just want the easier role. Right. And so all I'm saying is, is that it's you have to sometimes you vision right is seeing something before it happens. I'm 14 years ahead of the vision on that one. Like, oh, I saw this, and so. What we've got to be able to do is, like, what's next? What's the next thing that five years from now is going to be the hot thing, the thing that everybody's doing, the thing that everybody's trying to be a part of, the thing that they're, they're people are specializing in? It might be leadership and coaching and, follow, and, and parenting as opposed to what we're doing now if your book hits. You know what I'm saying? It could the the whole language yeah. around it could change. It could. <laughs> it, could. it could. And so I think that that's – that's what. That's the other thing is that when you're when you're going back to our thing about being a startup, stay true to yourself. I was going to say that you yeah. got to stay true because when the when when things change, everybody else is just coming to the table on fatherhood. I've been at the table. It's my table right now. Even though I didn't get the grant, it's my table. And 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 I don't know how long I can hold it. You know, when when everybody starts get getting to the table, they they pull for their position as well. And so it's mine to lose in a sense. Mm-hmm. And so all I'm saying to you is that find the thing that you are interested in, the thing that you love, the thing that you are willing to work on, and stick in there on that. It may not be the hottest thing now. But if you stick in there and you know that it has something for you, maybe it will be something for somebody in the future. This is why you can't chase stuff for money. Because there was no money for 14 years. That's right. This, and this is the slow grind I'm talking about, right? Like It's not like you weren't making money. You had other things right. making money. But right. the thing of passion right. was a slow grind. Yeah. And that has to be the the reason for the grind, bro, not the money, man. Especially in social services, it's not like we're 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 venture capitalists over here. It's not like we're stock market market gurus. We work. This is community work. So that's the other piece, right? So I didn't get into doing community work and say I'm going to be a, a billionaire. Like, oh, I'm about to be a billionaire off community work. It's not really how this field works. And so I got into community work because this is the work that my people, that my family does. My father was a a social worker. I'm a social worker. I don't know if my son will be a social worker. I don't know if my daughters will be a social worker. But what I know is, is that when you're doing it, this is heart work. This is not like money work. So just the field that I'm in, it's not like, you know, so if you're a person listening, if it's a different field, so real estate, that's big money. You can make big money in real estate. I didn't get into this work this work saying, oh, I'm about to go kill it. I'm about to go become the next Bill Gates of social work. No, I got into this because I say I'm going to be the next um, person. I'm going to be the next uh, Marcus Garvey 
of social work. I'm gonna change my community. I wanna be able to be somebody that's a positive influence in our community. Somebody that's gonna be to help our people succeed, change the way thing, people do things. So that's a different mindset. Even though we still talk about business, it's an understanding of what I'm, you know, what I'm trying to do and how I'm trying to do it. So I, I think that's important to talk about as well. I can, I can. I ain't trying to be broke either, but I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not gonna be a billionaire. Nah, I, I think I can talk to you for a couple more hours about this, man. Um, the time went away again. Though. Yeah, bro. I know we need. So I'm gonna ask you um, live on a podcast. So I'm gonna try to do a men's conference next year. All right, good. And I used to do them in Philly all the time. Um, and been inspired to do it. Yeah. Uh, the it's I don't have a topic or theme, but we're gonna focus on three things: uh, marriage. I love it. Business. Good. Ministry. This hey, is I don't. Want, I, I can't get in on that one. But <laughs> the first two, I'll be. A part. So and I was I was when I was coming back in the room, I was like, yo, instead of me leading these workshops, I ought to ask Abdul to lead some of these workshops. Be one of our adjuncts. I'll do it. Two three days. I don't know if we need that much time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna try to change his mind, Abdul uh, Rahman Muhammad from my people's community services and clinical service, bro. Thank you so much. Of course. All right, brother. Peace. Hey everyone, this is Dr. William Clark here. I just wanted to come on really quick and say thank you for listening to another episode of the Dr. William Clark podcast. We are here to help you uh, simplify your processes so you can triple fundraising results to support the programs that mean so much to you. Would you be so kind to like, comment, and share this particular podcast? We are indebted to you for being faithful listeners to this particular podcast show, and we want to continue to spread uh, this message to other people who can benefit from it. So please share this podcast episode and entire show with your colleagues your friends and people who you know can benefit from this you can connect with us in two ways you can go to drwilliampclark.com again that's drwilliampclark.com or you can visit us at my sixfigurefunding.com again that's my sixfigurefunding.com there you can register for our free upcoming webinar how to triple fundraising results without chasing funders it is possible, and I share with you the secrets on how to do that. Thanks again. We'll see you in the next episode.